Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Hello, welcome to the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. And to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot wait to get in today's podcast. It's been such an amazing week. No matter which way you look at it. Actually, on a serious note, thoughts and prayers with those people who went to congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs on their fantastic Super Bowl win. We'll talk about that a lot. Um, Incredible. Three now arrested, one confirmed dead, 21 injured. So absolutely tragic. Unfortunately, boys, we hear it far too often coming out of the United States. Beyond that, um, an amazing Super Bowl. Just incredible. Um, The TV number's off the charts, and that's just in Australia. Um, I think he might have slid down the rankings. He was making his way up. He's back down again. Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au and Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com.au. How are you, gentlemen? Yes, very good, very good, Jimmy. And, yeah, what a, what a weekend uh, we've just had. There was some good, good horses back for the racing, but I think everything was focused on Super Bowl and it was such a fantastic game. Mahomes, again, just demonstrated what a freak he is and, uh, and and got the job done. But, yeah, obviously sad uh, with the scenes, of, the scenes that evolved in the last couple of days. It's put a bit of a dampener on everything. But, um, yeah, the, uh, the the game itself was fantastic. 49ers, you know, they probably should have been further in front at halftime. And, and you knew when there was a sniff of Mahomes, he was always going to be very, very hard to, um, to, 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 to hold out there on that last drive. Yes, I don't know what what sort of sad world do we live in today, where you got people celebrating such a you know a sporting event. Doesn't matter what it was, and uh, you know a big parade through town, and you got that sort of garbage. I don't know. Anyway, just the Super Bowl. I loved it. It was um, didn't love the end result, but the game was just like a uh, high class physical game of chess. It was just so intense. I think the first three quarters, you know, it was just all about moves and, and strategy. And then that fourth quarter started to open right up. And extra time, I thought, was like a car crash in slow motion. You just knew Mahomes was coming to get them. And uh, the guy's a freak. We'll talk about that in a moment. But very, very enjoyable day. And, uh, and Jimmy, I, I think I'm reading that over a million, a million uh, people in Australia watching Channel 7, you know, uh, everywhere I walked in and around Brisbane on in the city on on Monday uh, prior to the game, there were just people everywhere going to pubs and, and functions. So, you know, it, it really has a flavour now. 800,000 was the average audience on Channel 7. So they, they say they reached uh, 2.7 million Australians at different stages. And as you say... Um, I don't know where you guys were. I watched it at the Gledswood, uh, Gregory Hills Hotel. Mate, there's 300 people in there watching it. How do they factor yeah. that in, which, which was happening all around the uh, country? It's such a big event now. No matter when, look, you play at 10 o'clock on a Monday and it still gets those sort of numbers. It's it's quite extraordinary. Just before we get into that in more depth, um, remember, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe. You can leave a review wherever it is you get your podcasts. Uh, 
Spotify, Apple. We're on YouTube as well. Um, and remember, uh, we've got the big NRL season coming up too, so we'll get stuck into that in the next couple of weeks. Before we go forward, we like to go backwards, and, oh, this is going to be enjoyable. Um <laughs> Tristan, do you recall any lunch bets or anything from last week? Um, I just trying to remember. I've had a very busy week, Jimmy, and these sort of things slip my mind. I, I don't yes. know. Do you remember anything? Absolutely, I do. Says Cabalus, you and her. Oh, there's the Griff. It's the Griff. Yeah, well, the Griff got gruff and was nowhere to be seen. So, uh, is that just the plus one for me? I'm at about minus seven somehow, but it's just that the plus one for me, Jared. It was a plus half, wasn't it? I think with the difference in pricing, I think we... we I, th- I think it is, Jimmy. And, and I've got to say, by the week, you're starting to sound a lot like the trainer. Up and about and uh, and a great win. I've got to say, Steph, it was very impressive first up, and I think it was sets for a first up win at 1,000 metres, but it absolutely kicked their heads in at 1,200. And as it kicked away, I could see Tristan and I both turning our phones off at the same yeah. time. Yes, it uh, it won by lengths. Listen, the only comeback I think here, Tristan, is that um, the man that's up and about about the fact that he backed it had fifty bucks on another runner in the same race. Mm. Just wondering what sort of what sort of profit you blokes generated out of that race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were running we were running at a fifty percent strike rate while you you were dancing around America. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I do, th- I do think, Tristan, we might have had a really good uh, big week because we picked up the, uh, the racing winner and then I think we had uh, a couple of nice winning bets on the Chiefs and we had the anytime uh, touchdown in the first half, McCaffrey. I mean, uh, who had the bingo card with Jennings throwing the touchdown oh. pass for the first touchdown in the, in the Super Bowl? It's crazy, yeah. And we did get a few collects, as you say. We, uh, we got the... The couple in Kansas winning, then McCaffrey getting the touchdown in the first half, and then, I don't know, some horse uh, also lobbed, but um, could have been a bit more if uh, someone had the courage of their conviction and went 70-30 like he was going to. But 6,494 in the kitty as we speak. So, ticking uh, up very nicely. The footy season hasn't even kicked off yet. I'm sure it probably wasn't on your odds board or anyone here in Australia or most who are online Tristan, but I did read that the price for Jennings throwing the pass for the first touchdown in the Super Bowl was 250000 to 1 in Vegas. Yep. Uh, wow. So um, just on that, um, the tourist who works on the, the Run Home program here at SEN, um, he told me that in the, in the draft, in the high school draft, um, or high school rankings or ratings that they do for quarterbacks. So he was a high school quarterback, Jennings. He was ranked one place higher than Joe Burrow. In, wow. in that. So, like, he was clearly a, a talented guy and um, was able to come up with that play. Um, we'll, let's dive into the, NR, the, into the NFL now. We're going to talk NRL. Um, we might see if there's been any money around Tristan for what's going on. But just let's put a little bow on an NFL season. Um, first of all, Tristan, just give us an understanding of the you – know, we talked about the TV numbers. What about the, the numbers from your point of view? And volume is one thing, but also the number of bets um, is really important as well. Yeah, it was um, it was a f- massive uh, event for us. Like it was it was much uh, bigger than what it was last year. And, and we, we obviously, as we touched on, we launched our new 
same game multi-product. And I think to put a comparison in place, we actually wrote more individual tickets on that than what we wrote on the NRL grand final in September, in October. Wow. So wow. That was, um, you know, it was obviously a new product there and people wanting to test it out. And uh, it was it was fantastic. And it was something that, you know, we had to learn a few things from it. Obviously, when you do something new, there's always a few little bugs which we came across. But from that end, it was exciting. Uh, it shows how much interest there is and, and how much granular interest there is in, in a sport like the NFL where people want to bet on the touchdown scorers, the passing yards, the receiving yards, these sort of things. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see those sort of betting mediums available in the NRL as well. I think it would take that to another level, but unfortunately that's not allowed on the current side of things. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was fantastic both from turnover and number of uh, people involved. So that was great. And we roll into the new season now. We've already launched our, our market for the next Super Bowl and we've got $7 about the favourites where we've got the two combatants from Monday leading the charge. San Fran at 7, Kansas at 7.50, Baltimore at 8.50, Buffalo at 10 and my Detroit Lions, the shortest they've been in many, many years at $14 to open the season. Do you also have the uh, two divisional winners is that a market up yet, Tristan? Or? Not yet. We, we we wait for a little bit before we get the divisional uh, winners up, but we've got the Super Bowl winner up, and they'll all sort of start to roll out in the next month or so. I expected uh, the Chiefs to be shorter, um, and I say that because, you know, I, I just think the Chiefs next year are going to be stronger and, uh, and and sharper than they were this year because I think of, uh, you know, the last four years, that was their weakest list. And, you know, during the course of the season, we talked many times about them having, you know, uh, the wrong uh, receiving options for Mahomes and uh, how much he had to do and, you know, some other weaknesses that they had. They got better clearly in the last four or five weeks. But, you know, they were outsiders in their last three wins, including mm. the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I think the credit around what a game manager Mahomes has become as well as the gunslinger with the arm. And, you know, he's run and rush yards in the Super Bowl. He's, his awareness to pick what he was doing. Um, I think if they get what they do through the draft right, um, gee, I just think they're going to be very, very strong next year. And um, the other thing about uh, Mahomes, Jimmy, uh, that's the first time in draft and Super Bowl history that a team that has taken the full cap hit for a highly paid quarterback has actually won the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, you know, and again, it just shows, you know, obviously what a standout he is. I mean, I, I thought, and I, I touched on last week, I thought the 49ers would want to go... Um, Really uh, strong early. They led by 10. You know, I never thought that was enough going into halftime. I thought they'd left at least one out there uh, in that first half. There's, you know, the quality of adjustment and also fatigue that plays into the second half and most notably into that fourth quarter always comes into play. And, you know, on third downs, the 49ers were three from 12. I mean, you're just not going to win those big games against a really good opponent if you can't convert those. And, you know, I thought Purdy was good. I just thought that he was given um, some some poor calls, um, you know, and I, I think, you know, Shanahan's copying a little bit of flack over all of that. You know, those final minutes where they had a third down and, and they're close, you know, they come up with a touchdown. I think that changes the game. And then through overtime again, um, exactly the same. But, yeah, I love the day. You know, the best team won. Um, it was great to see it nice and close and tight. Um, Andy Reid, what about that? And, yeah, there's all this focus on Shanahan at the present moment. Uh, you know, it was published during the course of the last couple of days. Andy Reid, the first four times he got to a major um, a playoff win and the last of those four was a Super Bowl, he lost. 
now he walks around with three rings. Yeah, so Shanahan, a much younger man than Andy Reid, obviously got a long time left in the game. So um, Andy, there's an interesting one. Like Chris Jones is basically the only older guy that you need to pay on defence. All those guys are young, so that's going to lend itself to a, a strong defensive unit. Um, he needs a few more um, wide receivers to throw to. There's Patrick Mahomes, but Travis Kelsey's a really interesting one. I felt that there was a diminishing of his powers this year. He just yep. looked a little slower. The numbers suggested that as well. Maybe that preempted the blow up just before halftime with Andy Reid. But, um, you know, this is a window for the San Francisco 49ers that probably will shut as soon as Brock Purdy needs to get paid. So can Shanahan work his way out of that? There's so many other parts to it in the it's such a uh, – I thought the fact that they said we'll take the ball first in the yes. overtime, I mean, I, he'll lie in bed at night just staring at the ceiling about that decision, giving yes. – what was that stat you had, Jared, about the number of times that it's happened in the postseason? Fourth quarter, one minute to go, you're down by seven or less. And, oh. you know, it's a 40% strike rate. That's right. And Mahomes is seven from seven. Wow. On, on the flip side of that, though, is – if Mahomes got the ball first, I would have been very nervous that he would have gone and scored a touchdown and we don't even get a chance to get the ball back uh, to start the match. So I know there was a lot made of – to, to, to complete the match, I would, I, would, I would have thought that he's a big chance of going with that stat in mind, going down there and scoring a touchdown and San Fran don't even get a chance to counter. I was probably more, and it's obviously easy in hindsight, uh, the fact that when they were up in the attacking 10 or 15 on fourth down with three or four yards to go, that might have been the play where – you know, you, you go for it on fourth down and try to finish the game there or there with with, uh, with Mahomes knowing he's going to have the ball to come out. And, and But, yeah, it's all so easy in hindsight and there's so many different ways to look at it. But well, wanting San Fran, I was I was quite happy that he took the ball because I didn't want Mahomes to get the ball back because I thought whatever happens, uh, we were going to be in trouble yeah. at that point. And, and once they did, as I touched on before, you could just see it un, unfold play after play down the field and you just knew what was coming. And then, you know, the, exactly the same play that they scored that touchdown with was exactly the same play that they scored to uh, to win last year's uh, Super Bowl. You know, just amazing. And again, you know, I don't know if, if any of you guys saw it, but there's a piece of, uh, of uh, video going around um, social media which the chief recorded in the in the week leading up to that game of uh, Andy Reid sitting in a corner designing that play and uh, and one of his staff is is actually going um, step by step through the play and then he puts a name to it and I think it's the, what is it the corn roll or the corn dog roll or whatever it's called yeah. and uh, um, and then the guy questions him oh have we got enough motion in that where's the motion and whatever. And then Andy just, you know, stands up and he goes, yeah, yep, yeah, that's that's the corn roll with a little bit of captured uh, and mustard and that'll get the job done. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. Uh, Spagnola, unsung hero too with the defensive, uh, defensive coordinator for uh, the Kansas City. It was interesting. I was listening to the CBS coverage, so Tony Romo, and he was saying before it happened, he said, he, Spagnolo will be aggressive. He's going to come with a blitz. So run your play that's going to counter the blitz. Yep. Sure enough, Shanahan didn't read that. Spagnolo comes with the blitz, but the aggressive mindset got the job done. So, um, Well, and I, I think he ran one of the highest percentage of blitzes in a, in a Super Bowl ever, Jimmy. Um, the other big thing about the Chiefs, all of those key staff are on staff next year. 
So, yeah. you know, most franchises are losing a offense or defensive coordinator or a really key pl- person in their coaching staff. Andy Reid's got them all lining up again next year. And you know, lo and behold, yesterday out of San Francisco, uh, Shanahan's um, sacked his uh, defensive coach. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, right, Ab, we've got the start of the rugby league season. It's tonight, uh, depending on when you're listening to it. Uh, we've got trial games going on. You've got some few markets up, but... What about any moves? Has there been any money? What are the Sharps doing, uh, Tristan, in regards to this upcoming NRL season? Just to let you know, listeners, we will dive a lot deeper into this in a couple of weeks' time. There's still a couple of weeks before we head to Vegas. Not literally, but figuratively. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have all of the pre-season games up, all the normal ones up on game day. So we've, we've got the Canterbury Storm game, which I won't worry about going through because that'll be irrelevant by the time you guys listen to this. But We'll, we'll have them all up on game day in the lead-up to um, to each match. The, the the outright betting is we've got a, a firm favourite in Penrith at $3.70. Uh, so, again, they open up as favourites. And, again, like what we've seen in, in the last couple of years, punters are betting away from them to start the season, which um, is interesting. The Broncos are our worst position at the moment. They're $4.40. They got in as low as $4, but they've just drifted out to four forty in the last couple of weeks. Um, the Roosters at $9.00. The Storm at 10 the Bunnies, they've been the side that have been very well supported with us. They're at $10. And then the other side at Big Odds, which has come from $26 into 19 are the Warriors. So they're the, the ones that have been backed with us early days. The market's been pretty solid. There hasn't been a lot of movement, and um, I probably wouldn't expect that to be the case. I would, I would suggest the market will remain pretty solid until week one unless there's a, a major injury. All right, Jared. what about the market you put out on social media that generated a lot of talk, and that is the team that might miss the top eight. Everyone seemed to have a theory. They're all conflicting, but they're all theories. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting, Jimmy. And, you know, I guess I I deliberately selected, you know, the I I left out the bottom and the top of the obvious ones and, you know, sort of went from the Knights to the Eagles to the Eels, uh, the Sharks, the Warriors, the Cowboys, the Storm, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters. You know, I've got a particular strong pick there, uh, which I'll come to in a moment. But, yeah, it did. It, and I thought it threw up some really good discussion and some great input from a lot of a lot, a lot of people around, you know, teams that they thought might have had key weaknesses and maybe uh, questionable about whether they're going to be in the firing line. I mean, I'll start by saying, you know, any of my work over the last couple of weeks is leading into this. I think we have a very, very open competition. Um, you know, I think last year we were uh, somewhat top-heavy um, and certainly the year prior, I think it's very open. And I, I certainly couldn't bet around the Panthers or the Broncos. Um, you know, the Panthers might be good enough to go for four. I mean, I doubted them getting two or three. So, uh, But I just couldn't take that price in what I think is a very open competition. Um, not, not sure about the Roosters. I want to see them come up. I've still got a few question marks about, you know, some of the – the scars and legacy they had out of last year and whether they get that right. I do think the Storm at $10 gets my attention. Uh, and the team I want to lay uh, is the Rabbitohs. I'm all over being against the Rabbitohs. I'm, I've backed them to miss the top eight. Um, I think there's key question marks about them getting everybody on the same page and whether some of those issues from last year surface. Um, you know, I've got some question marks about uh, whether Whiten fits in in the right way, whether the seven is right. I just uh, I just want to be against them. So, yeah, very interesting. A lot of, lot of talk and discussion right now. And I, I think if you can find teams that you like, whether it's whether it's your own team or teams that you want to be with, there's a lot of value in the market at the moment. 
So that's the interesting thing, isn't it, about those these you know these four sides that spring to mind, and they're really heavily reliant on you know you mentioned the Melbourne Storm. Well, that changes whether Ryan Pappenhausen's in or out, depending what season you get from Pappenhausen. Tom Trebojevic is the obvious one at Manly. Caelan Ponga is intrinsically linked to whatever Newcastle do positively, and you could argue very strongly that Latrell Mitchell is linked to um, very closely to what the Rabbitohs do. So here's the thing: there's four fullbacks from four contending teams this year, and none of them will be state-of-origin fullbacks, you would think, at this stage for either Queensland or New South Wales. So it gives you an indication of the depth in that position in particular. So um, I agree with you. I reckon Rabbits, ooh, it'll be really key that they keep players on the park during the course of this year, um, and, and that's very important from Jason Demetrio's perspective. So uh, there you go. Uh, anything you want to add there, Tristan? You've got all those markets up there now, of course, topsport.com.au. Oh, I, I just probably echo those thoughts. I, I think, um, you know, like from my look at the competition, the, the the top few teams from last year have all lost a couple of players or lost some depth, in particular the Broncos. And I feel that the majority of the teams down the bottom of the table have bolstered their squads reasonably well or look, look a little bit better. And then those middle-tier teams, um, you know, probably the ones that missed the eight might have been due to injuries and these sort of things. If, those sort of, if, if there's some changes or some positive results in that space, then I can really see... Uh, this being one of the best comps we've seen for a long time in time in terms of closeness. So I'm pretty excited for that. I, I love, you know, that, that's the one thing referring back to that Super Bowl market that um, we had the favourites at 7 and 7.50 coming into the new season, which makes it very exciting. And every every fan base has a bit of excitement going to the season. And whilst Penrith's been dominant three wins in a row, you know, there's plenty of other options here and plenty of reasons for a lot of fans to be excited going into the season. So oh, I, I think... I think my advice is to look for teams at a bit of value early on in the piece. You hope they get off to a good start. Look look for a team that might might have a softer draw early in the piece and back them at a bit of value with, with the view if they can start well and you've got a few options later in the season. And I think we've seen a couple of, um, you know, key coaching changes. You know, I'm sure that Hazler is going to have a significant influence just in being a change, but clearly he's a very experienced winning coach going into the Titans. Um, you know, there's some notable personnel changes. You know, the Dolphins have picked up some um, some notable signings out of the Broncos, which is, you know, they're already far more competitive than we expected last year. Um, I think at the bottom of the table, really, the only team I can, you know, notably be against is the Dragons. I mean, I think their starting 17 is strong enough to be competitive. But if they pick up some injuries and some key injuries, I think they've got some major, major problems. I think the Tigers improve. I think Benji, with a bit of fresh air and, and clean air around him, I think he can probably get a little bit of a result out of them. But, yeah, very, very open competition. We've got a lot to talk about in the coming weeks. And um, if anyone's interested, um, the subscriptions at Reading to Play underway. Already had a lot of people uh, dive in the last couple of weeks. So uh, if you're interested, uh, head to the website and jump on board. Yeah, we look forward to that, and we'll do a full preview of the season coming up in uh, in two weeks' time. Are they racing on the weekend, Jared? Do you have a do you have a bet for us today, uh, Jimmy? They're getting back by the week, and we had some cracking races last weekend. And you know what about uh, Mister Brightside? You just love a horse that wants to win like that. And Tristan and I were talking off air when we were having the little strategy chat for the next couple of months of lunch yeah. bets, Jimmy. That yeah, they, uh, they worked out well know, last week, didn't they? Why I, don't know, I said that, I said this week have two. 
I, I said the next couple of months that uh, you know he's, he missed the kick, he, which he doesn't usually do, and he's had the work to go forward. And even at the 100, you could see him coming, but you just didn't think he was going to get there. You just love a horse that tries like that. Uh, hopefully the two I've got ra- going around at Eagle Farm on Saturday might try like that, Jimmy. But I'm going to go down to Flemington for a bet. I found one that I just thought might be a little bit of a price and a chance in a very open race. Let's go to Flemington race four, number 14, a horse called Green Belt. Third up for the price stable, Jamie Carr rides. She's ridden it to a win before. Uh, ran second in a listed quality race in the Brisbane Carnival late last year. And I think somewhere around the 9.50 mark, uh, I'll have a play on that. All importantly, Jimmy, I'll have 40 to win and 60 to the place. Whoa! I'm not looking to back three horses in the same race, so I'll just have an each way bet at nine fifty. Okay, okay. You lie with dogs, you catch fleas. That's what they uh, say. That's, now, that's... look on your face there, Tristan. When Jared mentioned a race four number fourteen, it was either this place got no idea because have a look at that, or it was uh oh, if everyone else backs this, we're going to get crunched. Which one was it? No, it was that we neglected to discuss this in our team talk before the <laughs> before the day because I have a tip in the same race. Oh, oh, in, yes. the, uh, in, in the uh, in the market, I thought the five circle of um, of fire was going to be very hard to beat. So there's been really good support for it early in the piece. Uh, race four, number five. First up, Johnny Allen in the saddle, four forty in. So what I might do. I'm gonna I'm gonna put fifty at the four dollars, and then I'm going to throw a fifty dollar quinella on the five and the fourteen to see if we can get a little bit of extra money for the uh, for the charity account. Okie dokie. Now listen, what, what... listen. I know you blokes are in cahoots. I know there's an alliance that's never spoken about. But at least for the sake of keeping up pretenses, at least have a lunch bet. Go head to head with each other about oh, which yeah. horse is first across the line. I think that's a given, Jimmy. We're definitely right. having a lunch bet. Cool. There's no problem there. Okay. No problem there. And now, Flutter Smith, which way are you going to go? Uh, you, you know, know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go with the price. Thanks very much. I'll go to the 445. Hey! <laughs> and just quickly, uh, Tristan, what about a couple of those raises later in the day? We've got uh, Imperatives uh, coming back um, in the. the Black caviar lightning stakes over a thousand meters, and uh, yeah, a little bit of scuttle about about whether it trial well. But there's some very good opposition there. Most notably up the top in um, Private Eye, who I think's uh, seen a little bit of money, and um, and some very good races in Sydney as well. Jimmy, are you in Sydney? Just before we, we move away from that race, because just um, it is it's we got all the, uh, the 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 big guns back, and Imperatrice I think is one of the best horses going around at the moment. But it's first up. You know, you, you, it's always interesting to see if a horse is primed for their first up effort with so many bigger prizes later on in the carnival. There's been a lot of support. Ballonipatine has been smashing that race, ten dollars into five fifty. That's the three, and as Jared touched on, Private Eye six into four eighty. But if you jump on the Top Sports site at that twenty-five minute mark before the race jumps, it has an absolutely phenomenal record when we elevate our limits on the Group One races, where we bet all the pros higher limits on the Group Ones. And the, mar- the push for a horse straight after those opening prices come out of that 25-minute mark has an absolutely phenomenal effort. So jump on the top spot side of that period, see which way the big guns are going because sometimes early in the piece, this money movement can sometimes uh, not always tell the, the, the true story. But I, I think that will uh, be a really good guide, particularly for a race like this when you've got a lot of horses first up. Well, and I think in that race, uh, my question over the favourite is where it gets from gate two, 
uh, and whether it might just get caught inside and behind horses and get clear air, which it loves. So uh, I'm certainly with private eye there. Um, Jimmy, what have you found for us? There's a couple of things at play there. Tristan, can you text me through those big movers when they jump? You send a little text through, mate. That'd be lovely. Oh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, you're not on the number. No. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must be still getting the B grade tips, am I? Yeah, not the A graders. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Jared, what about the two you've got running around there? Anything there? Uh, Jimmy, I think they're both going to start favourites. So uh, Antonito uh, won for us a couple of weeks ago. He's in race five. He steps from 1,000 to 1,200 and uh, Saturday grade. Um, spent a little bit of money for him. But listen, I think it's a little bit of a task. But he's uh, he was a nice win last start. And plundering, well, he had that forgive run. He's in race six. Um, I think he might go uh, close to being favourite. And... This is all reports are his track work's been very good, so we're expecting him to be better this week, Jimmy. How many forgive runs have you been given, Jared? Just out of interest. Uh, Jimmy, how long have we got? <laughs> Always good to get the forgive run. Now I'm going to go to Randwick. Uh, not sure about this price, but anyway, race one, number two, Switzerland. Uh, this is the form that Tracy did before Tristan had his prices up, and she she was a little disappointed. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, uh, so Coolmore. Silks for J-Mac, uh, Seawaller there. Shangri-La Express, number one. That's the danger, but uh, very short in the market. Uh, I think $1.95 in from, I think it touched $2 at one point, Tristan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually, it, it was uh, first bet I saw when I walked into the office today um, was on Switzerland, and we actually had Shangri-La Express as the slight favourite amongst the two runners at that point. I think it was $2 the toppy and 205 Switzerland, and then there was a bit of a push to get Switzerland into favourite, so it's now into $1.95. Okay, so all-important staking plan when it comes to this one. Uh, I'm going to go $100 on the nose, gentlemen. So. I thought you were going to have 50 bucks on each of them. <laughs> Not this week, Jared. But uh, I'm just – run me through again the profit you made out of that race there on the weekend. Actually, that's a great-looking race, Jimmy, because uh, you're right. The, those two at the top of the market are – Clearly very, very talented. And uh, what about Gay Waterhouse? I mean, her two-year-olds at the moment oh. just, you know, and, and uh, her winner of the the Inglis last uh, Saturday, I mean, it went through the car park and still won by three lengths. Um, she's got some uh, some very good cattle at the present moment. And very interesting, just quickly talking about racing, the, uh, the uh, Rose Hill and ATC members on uh, Wednesday night and some very, very vocal criticism against the ATC and their... And their um, the chairman and against Peter Volandis and uh, led by Chris Waller and Gay Waterhouse. Um, and uh, and long may they be vocal because I think getting rid of Rose Hill would just be a disaster for Australian racing, let alone Sydney racing. Thoughts, Tristan? I actually heard Gay's, um, Gay's uh, interview this morning as I was driving into work and uh, it's it's a funny one because whenever Melbourne go, racing goes around, whenever I know... It's Wednesday looking to see what the fields look like for Saturday. I go straight to the racing page and I see, have we got Flemington? Tick, I know turnover's going to be up. Have we got Caulfield? Okay, it's a lesser of two. It's it's still a good meeting. But if you go to Mooney Valley or Sandown, the turnover just drops off significantly. Where for Sydney, you don't have that problem because Rose Hill and Randwick, there's no difference. The punters love betting at both of those tracks. So once we lose one of those, obviously we're going to have to fill the Saturday meetings with other venues. And, you know, they might get the the quality of Canterbury or Warwick Farm up to that point. But, um, yeah, like there's so much history involved in it as well. There's so many things that, uh, you know, that, that, that 
I would love to see it not be sold. But by the same token, there's also an industry to fund too. So there's so many pros and cons, but I think everyone's got to get out there. They've got to vote for what suits them. They've got to, we've got to get as many people voting for this as possible so that an actual true decision and, and one that's in the best interest of the industry is, uh, is struck. Well, I thought Gay raised a really good point. How the hell did the ATC get in a position of, of debt that they now have to consider selling a significant asset? Well, I don't know exactly why, but one thing you could say is, hey, we, we were on an asset that's worth $3 billion. What's $80 million between friends? I mean, that's that's a crude way of looking at it. The other, the other part about it is if you've got a chance to get a cheque for $5 billion. Now, I had a, a listener who's a valuer who I know very well went through and said, hey, where'd they get this valuation from? Because there's all these things to consider, which is a very fair point. But if someone walked up and said, hey, we'll give you $5 billion for it, I reckon you'd go... Well, let's have a look around for another site. Now, what that impact has on turnover is a, is a separate issue, but it's very hard to say no to a cheque for $5 billion. Yeah, I don't know if you're moving to Horsley Park, whether that's the right decision, though, Jimmy. Um, anyway, very interesting debate. It's going to obviously you've gone up a couple of levels this week, and I'm sure it will over the coming months. Strong no from Chris Waller, wasn't it, on Horsley oh. Park being the solution? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, interesting. All right, gentlemen, we wish you all the very best. We wish Tristan's horse great speed against the slower Jared horse. And this is, That could be perfect, wouldn't it, Jimmy? Get the mailer and get, get our lunch bets up. Oh, it'd be perfect all round. One, two, finish, Jared. He's love as, that. As, as long as the slower Jared horse is in Flemington. Good on you, boys. Have a great weekend. Be good, jealous. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.